ready, let's get into the Word of God. Uh, back in January, if you guys were around here, you, re- you may remember that I did a series entitled If. And the series was based on this idea of the ifs, of the conditional ifs of God's Word. And uh, the first one we talked about was revival if. And um, the scripture that we came from was found in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, where it says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. And I was thinking about all that and I wondered, what would really happen? What would really happen if the church would get serious about their faith? about its faith, fall on its face, get into the fight spiritually. Well, we don't really have to guess because if you've read the Bible any amount, you find out what happens when people get into it. When they go there, God moves. Things happen. And things that were just kind of commonplace and just kind of going through the motions, suddenly the atmosphere shifts and there's a grace and there's an outpouring and just God moves. It's, no, it's not a guessing game. It's in the book. It's an open book test. You want to know the answer? Read the book. Amen, right? Well, for that reason, I felt very compelled in my heart to, to bring a series of messages about prayer, and I've entitled it A Prayer Reset, because I don't know about you, but I, I'm, in, I'm in a season in my life, I, I get up every day and I meet with the Lord pretty much most days, and I open the Bible and I read the Bible and I shut off my light and I turn on some music and I start seeking the Lord and I start praying, but I don't know if you're like me, sometimes you can be going through the motions and that's all it feels like, is that you're going through the motions. Now, I understand that prayer isn't always about feeling. I understand that. But I also know that I feel like in my own personal life, I've been kind of going, I've been in more of a coast mode than feeling effectual in my prayer life. And so, I don't know, maybe you feel this way, maybe you don't. But I do believe that God is calling us as a church, as a people. He's always calling us to the place of prayer, for sure. But I just had this sense that, we need a prayer reset. You know, sometimes my computer needs a reset. Sometimes my life needs a reset. Sometimes my attitude needs a reset. Sometimes our marriages need a reset. I mean, you don't always have to be like two ships passing in the night. You can actually hook up. Did I say that in church? Sometimes we need a reset, and so I believe that God is calling us to a prayer reset, and today I want to talk about this idea that it is time, it's time for us to seek the Lord. And so I want to come from this passage of scripture in 2 Chronicles, but before I do, before we start, let me me set this up. I want to set up the passage. It's about King Asa. King Asa was a godly man. He was a godly king in Judah. The kingdom of Israel had been divided in two kingdoms, and Asa was in the southern kingdom. 
And he was, a, he was a godly man. And one day, the Ethiopian army, the Bible says that there was a million man Ethiopian army that was coming against Asa and the people of Judah. And so Asa went out to the battlefield. He set all of his army in array, the Bible says. And then he went off and he went and prayed. And I read the prayer. It's 51 words long. And he prayed to the Lord and he basically said in that prayer, God, we're ready to fight, but if you don't do it, we're going to lose. And so the Bible says God broke the Ethiopian army and through Judah, God destroyed them and set them on the run and they won a great victory that day, this victory this very small army against a million-man army with 30,000 chariots and routed them and took off all of the plunder and were on their way home. And this is where I want to pick up. I want to pick up here in uh, chapter 15. And this is what happens as they're coming back home after a great victory. It says, Now the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded, And he went out to meet Asa and said to him, Hear me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. For a long time Israel has been without the true God, without a teaching priest, and without law. But when in their trouble they turned to the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found by them. And in those times there was no peace to the one who went out, nor to the one who came in, but great turmoil was on all the inhabitants of the lands. So nation was destroyed by nation and city by city, for God troubled them with every adversity." But you, Asa, be strong and do not let your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. And let me just stop right there and just kind of add in what happened. So Asa goes back to Judah. He begins to tear down all the places of idol worship. And then he rebuilt the altar of the Lord so that the people could enter back into true worship. And And the revival started taking over in the land of Judah. And so much so that northern tribe, p- tribal people started leaving their homeland and coming down to Judah because God was moving in Judah. They were like, we want to be where God's moving. We want to be a part of that. And so they all came down, and it goes on. We want to pick back up in verse 12. So, so the Bible said in verse 12, then they entered into a covenant. Now listen to these words. They entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart and with all their soul. Now, this is a tricky verse, but look at it. And whoever would not seek the Lord God of Israel was put to death. I don't know about you, but I want to know what time prayer meeting starts. If it's pray or die, just tell me when to show up. Amen. So all of those who did not seek the Lord were put to death, whether small or great, man or woman. Then they took an oath before the Lord with a loud voice and with shouting and trumpets and ram's horns. And all Judah rejoiced at the oath, for they had sworn with all their heart and sought him with all their soul. And he was found by them, and the Lord gave them, listen, the Lord gave them, the Lord gave them rest all around. 
Church, it is time to seek the Lord. Father, come today. Come and move in this place. Draw us into your presence. Holy Spirit, speak beyond my own ability. You convince us. You train us. You show us what you want us to do. In Jesus' name. And everybody says amen. Amen. Corey Ten Boom said, Is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? I like that. That's just good stuff. The doors said, keep your eyes on the road and your hands upon the wheel. Come on, all you rock and rollers. Corrington Boom says, prayer needs to be your steering wheel, not your spare tire when you break down on the side of the road and you got no other recourse in your life. You need to put your hands on the wheel of prayer and let it bring you to where God is directing you. To get where God wants you to be by being a person of prayer. By being a man of prayer, by being a woman of prayer, whether young or old, whether male or female, whether a pastor of a church or, or not, whatever your position in life, whoever you are, God is calling you and me to be people who believe in the power of prayer. Amen. Prayer is access, it's, it's us accessing the presence of God, accessing His presence, and this is what God has designed for every one of us. Prayer is the lifeline of the Christian. It's the vital link between heaven and earth and between life and death. Literally, it, it can change the course of our life. It can preserve us. It can bring us into the places that God has called us to be. If we are prayerless, church, we are powerless. Amen. Come on, can I get a rumble of amen out there? If we are prayerless, we are powerless. But if we are prayerful, we will experience what we believe and what we call the prayer covering of the peace of God, of the protection of God, of the presence of God. And when I say protection, I don't mean that you won't have problems. No, I mean that you will have them, but you will have a sustaining presence and grace of God in your life to meet every problem, to face every enemy. And God will preserve you. And God, as someone prayed for me this morning, a wall of fire around me. That was one of God's promises to us. He said, I will be a wall of fire around you. God says, I got you. You may be walking through junk. You may be facing problems in your life. But if you will trust in me, if you will seek me, I got you. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's got you. Go ahead and tell him that. Now, I was feeling confirmed in this direction, but I felt compelled in my heart. Daniel has been meeting with what I guess he calls it the, the prophetic council. And there's a number of people in our church that meet, I think, monthly or somewhere around there. And they come together and they, they kind of share what they feel like God is saying in the times that we're in. And so I knew that I was going to go in this direction, and I just kind of kept feeling, feeling that nudge. Go back and read that summary that Daniel gave you. 
on the prophetic council. And so I went back to it and I just started reading it. And I just jotted down some things that leapt off of the page at me. There was more to it than this. But I just want you to hear some of the things that some of the people in our church who have a prophetic uh, you know, kind of uh, grace in their heart, what, what they felt like God was saying. One person said that God is calling us to move to the beat of a new drumbeat. God's calling us to hear the drumbeat of his spirit and to move into that, to stay close and to wait. Another person said that God is saying to us that we're going to experience peace in perilous times. Perilous times are coming, but the peace of God is going to be there. Another person talked about that we are to keep pushing forward, maybe using a different method, doing something different, but keep pushing forward. Another person said that they felt like that God was saying that this is the year to turn the dial to prayer. Then another person said that we are to uh, wait for hope, that hope is coming back. How many could use some hope? And then another person said that God is saying that in this time we need to stand our ground. Another person talked about God is calling us to enter into his rest. Another person said that this is a time of humility. Everybody say humility. To receive the discipline of the Lord and to be effective in prayer. And so the summary of all these words were, a call to rest, a call to wait, a call to hope, a call to push, a call to enter, a call to stand. And none of that can be done outside of the power and the spirit of prayer. And I really believe that God is saying, I'm doing something, but you need to pray. And so it's time to seek the Lord. Why do we need, to, why do we need a prayer reset? I want to take us back. This is the first part I want to talk about right here. Why do we need a prayer reset? I want to take you back to the verse, verse 4 of 2 uh, Chronicles. It says, But when in their trouble they turned to the Lord God of Israel and sought Him, He was found by them. Isn't that good news? But look at, the, look at that one, two, three, four, fifth word. But when in their, what's that word? Trouble. We need a reset, church, to prayer. And it's time to seek the Lord because we are in troubling times. I don't know if you've noticed that, but these are days of trouble. And these are troubling times in our culture. Now, I want you to look at verses 5 and 6. We're gonna, are you guys okay? Are you okay if we dig into the Bible for a minute? We're going we're gonna to be in the Bible now because that's what we talk about around here. Okay? Now, I want you to see what he talks about here. He says, now this is the prophet talking to Asa. He says, when they were in times of trouble, whenever they turned to the Lord and sought him, God showed up. But here's when they turned in to the Lord. This is the time of trouble. Look at verses 5 and 6. It says, and in those times there was no peace to the one who went out or the one who came in, but great turmoil was in all the inhabitants of the land. Does that not feel like the times that we are in right now? 
He says, and so nation was destroyed by nation and city by city for God. Look at these words. For God troubled them with every adversity. There was no peace. There was great turmoil. There was destruction. There was even the troubling that God allowed to happen in the land. Because they had drifted away from God. Because they had turned away from God. Because they had forsaken God. God was not on the inside. God was on the outside. Their doors were shut. They were living their own life, doing their own thing. And let me tell you something. A world without God, is, it is destruction. I was listening to a news commentator the other day, and I believe that this woman is a good commentator. She was a thoughtful speaker, and she was very careful with the words, but she said very clearly, very slowly, she said, America is in a decline. Now, I think she probably was referring more to the economics, maybe a little bit to the politics, but America has been in a decline economically, politically, depending on who you listen to, racially, certainly spiritually, without a doubt, morally. Our nation is in a decline. It's not going well. Things are not good. And even Jesus said that in the last days, in, in Matthew chapter 24, verse 10, Jesus said, in the last days, many will fall away from the faith. They just will fall away. Now, I want to remind you, at the same time, that in America, the United States of America, if you ask the average Christian, over 60% of them will say, I'm a Christian. They identify as Christian. Over 60% of the United States population identify as a Christian, and yet, look at the state of our nation. Come on now, are you with me out there? Look at what's going on around us. Something doesn't add up. Now I know that not everybody who claims Christianity is Christian. I'm just stating the fact that people say, this is who I am, and yet look at where our nation is going. And look at the decisions that are being made. And look at the system of our schools right now and what they're trying to train and teach our children right now. It's troubling. It's a troubling time. And here's what, here's what the Scripture says. If you go back to that verse 6, Pamela, I just want them to see this. It says, for God troubled them with adversity. Now that's a hard pill to swallow, but listen. We know and believe that God's wrath was poured out on Jesus when he went to Calvary and died on the cross for our sins. That all of the wrath of God was poured out upon him so that we wouldn't have to live under God's wrath. Now, I don't know about you, but I consider that good. That's a good thing. And that's worthy of a big amen out there. Now, God's active wrath has been appeased by Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. 
But there is what theologians call the passive wrath of God. In that, you don't want me, you don't get me. And when God withdraws, when God pulls back, then you get what you want. And in that comes trouble. In that sense, God does trouble people. Because if you don't want me a part of your life, I'm not going to force myself on you. I will come to you. I will come to any individual, any individual, any church. And I believe any nation that turns their heart toward me, I will show up. And I will make myself known. But if you resist me, if you reject me, if you push me away, I'll back off. And when we live without the covering of God, then we open ourselves and make ourselves susceptible to all kinds of pain, dysfunction, and trouble in our own lives. And we brought it on ourselves. It's not God zapping us with lightning bolts and hurting us because he's a, you know, a serious and mean God. No, we took ourselves out from his covering. Come on. These are troubling times. We need to, it is time for us to have a prayer reset in all of our hearts because of the trouble of our culture that is in. But praise God, God still moves in the midst of darkness. He still is pouring out His Spirit where people will open to Him and press into Him. Hallelujah. Amen. There's revival happening all over. You're seeing showers of blessing all over. But in a general sense, very troubling. We need a prayer reset because it, there's trouble in the culture, but here's another one, and this brings us back. We need, a, we need a prayer reset because there's trouble in the church. Why was there death and destruction and wars and cities being destroyed and people being troubled on every side? Well, verse 3 tells us. We're going to back up to verse 3. We're digging into the Bible. You okay with that? I'm coming right out of the Bible. He says, for a long time. The prophet said to Asa, here's what happened. For a long time, Israel had been without the true God. Without the true God. Without a teaching priest. and Without law. That's pretty serious. They were not without God or a God. Oh, they had their gods. They're called idols. They had their passions. They had their things that were more important than the true God. They didn't have the true God. Amen. God's contacting us right now. They were without the true God. They had replaced God with false gods and idol worship. Yahweh was no longer number one. And I got to tell you, there is a that things are different right now in our culture and in our time. Things are different in the church right now. Things are not like they used to be. And I know I sound like an old man who's just like complaining about like the good old days, but I am, I, I want to be cautious and I want to be careful. Things are different right now. They're not like they used to be in the sense of the position and the place of God. There's always been idol worship. There's always been people who turn their back on God. But there has been a kind of, a, a, you know, just a, a shift 
that's been going on in our culture, in the culture of the church. Where God isn't for a lot, number one. It's not that there isn't a God, it's just not the true God. Amen. There are other things that have become more important than devoted worship. Here's the other thing. They were without teaching priests, which means they neglected sound biblical teaching of God's word. True biblical teaching, listen to me, it's not always tolerant of all points of view. It is certainly going to be unpopular to teach the Bible in today's culture. Neither can it be changed in this season where every time I turn around, they're redefining words and telling us what we can and cannot say. Okay, so let's redefine some words. You can't redefine the Bible. Maybe there are some things that we need to say differently than we used to say them, but you can't change the Bible. The Bible means what it says, and then it says what it means. And that's it. And what we have today, and what's been going on, and this has been going on, this deconstruction is going on, people jumping ship, Bible teachers and pastors of churches who have gone woke and the pulpits have been watered down. The word of God has been watered down. Listen, we don't need to be woke spiritually if we are truly, or woke socially if we are awake spiritually. We don't need that. If we truly believe the word of God, that it is the, the word of God, the inerrant word of God, then we don't need to change it or try to say anything else other than what God's word says. And I just want to, you know, I know, I, you guys okay? Please come back next week. It'll be better. I just want you to know, we're going to preach the Word of God around here. And it won't always be popular, and it won't always feel good. But what matters more than your feelings is your faith. And what God is doing in your life and in my life and in all of our lives and what he wants to do in this great nation. God, I believe God wants to restore Butte America and the United States of America. And I'm thankful that he's moving in Africa and South America and all over. And I want to be a part of that. And I want to see God grow all of that because it is growing over there, by the way. In fact, God is moving in 187 countries all over this planet we just happen to be way down on the list where God is moving. But I believe God can change that. I believe things can change. But it won't happen without prayer. Amen. God is good. Paul said in 2 Timothy 4, 2, he said, preach the word. Preach the word. Everybody say that. Be ready in season and out of season. Here's what you do when you preach the word. That's where the convincing is. And that's where the, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, the rebuking? Yeah. Because sometimes we need to be rebuked, not in an unloving and hateful way. You just let the word do it. The word is like a hammer. It may, you may say it, say it gentle, but it felt like you just beat me up. 
Because the Word of God, God knows how to penetrate the hardness of our own heart. The Word not only convinces and rebukes, but it exhorts, motivates us, gets us going with all long-suffering and teaching. That's what we're going to do around here. Another thing that they were without was without law. They were without law. Truth was abandoned. That's what happened. That's why the destruction swept through the nation, destroyed them. They were without, they were without teaching priests. They were without a true God, and they were without law. There was no truth to guide them. I've been hearing truth as relative since I was knee high. That we live in a world where truth is relative. It, you know, it's everybody, it's their, their opinion. This is my truth. This is, I've been hearing that, but man, has it really picked up steam. I mean, have you noticed? There's nothing that's true. Science, it's only true if it involves a mask. It's only true... You know, truth is truth to whoever you are and whatever you think and whatever you feel. Biological truth, whatever that person thinks and feels. No, there's truth, Jesus said, and the whole world will pass away before my truth ever passes away. And I'm going to tell you something. Truth has been kicked to the curb and we haven't seen the half of it. If you think it's over, it's not over. I mean, this train is, is on a mad dash. I mean, it's going. And I'm not, trying to be, I'm not trying to be negative and like just this, you know, preaching down and just talking about the evil. I'm just making us aware, church, why we need to pray. Because these are troubling times. And we believe that God wants to move. And we know that he does move where his people pray. And he said, I will hear your prayers and I will heal your land. Amen. This is what God wants to do. I love this promise. In Psalms chapter 9, verses 9 and 10, it says, The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Look at those words. God says, you're in troubling times, seek me. Because in those troubling times, I will deliver you. Hallelujah. I will bring deliverance on the face of the earth. So we've looked at why we need a prayer reset. But let me just kind of bring this message down now. And let's kind of get, let's get practical with it. I want to talk about how to reset our prayer life. How to, how to kind of get the fire back, the effectual. Like I said earlier, sometimes I feel like I'm just kind of coasting. I'm just going through the motions. And I want to pray prayers that are effectual. I want to pray prayers that avail much. And I know beyond my feelings, my prayers can do that. But I also know sometimes that I can be just going through the motions. And I don't want to go through the motions. I want to be a person who, when I pray, I believe and I'm trusting and I'm going after it. 
and knowing that I'm connecting and knowing that I'm making a difference and that I'm on my knees in my room at 1938 Argyle Street and while I'm there, zinging is going out. Things are happening. God is moving. And I, and I think we need to get a picture of that in our heart that when I pray, God moves. God, it stirs the heart of God. God responds to us. So how do we do this? How do we? Asa led the people to seek the Lord God. We read about it. He led the people to seek the Lord God. Being a person of prayer, listen, it's a lordship issue and it's a heart issue. Prayer is a lordship issue. If Jesus is truly the Lord of your life, then you're going to be a praying person. But it's also an issue of the heart. 1 Chronicles 22 verse 19 says, Now set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. Set your heart and your soul. I wish I would, I, I, Tim, I know every time you talk about prayer, I just feel like a heel. I, I want to pray more. I want to be a person of prayer, but I just, I can't get it together. Listen, the only, the way I do it is the way you do it, is the way that all of God's kids got to do it. You got to set your heart to it. If you want to get up earlier, you got to set your alarm. Speaking of time change. Thank you for being here today. You gotta, you, there's no other way to do it but set your heart to it. I really want to, I just can't. No, you don't because you won't. Hey, man, I'm gonna preach anyway, I don't care. How to reset our prayer life? Well, first of all, let's start with repenting of our prayerless attitude. The very first thing I think we just need to do is repent. Just kind of come clean. And if I'm struggling in prayer, if I've entered into prayerlessness in my life, if, I've, if I lean more into not praying than into praying, then I just need to step into repentance for that. And what I mean by that, well, I want to take you back to verse 4. It says, but when in their trouble they turned to the Lord. See that word turned? That word turned reminds me of the word repentance. Repentance means to change the mind. But if you truly change the mind, then you're going to change the course of direction. It begins in the mindset. It comes with the with the, with the made-up mind, saying, I'm going to change, and I'm going, I, Lord, I don't want to be a prayerless saint. I don't want to be a prayerless Christian. I want to be a genuine follower of Jesus Christ and understand that Jesus said, when you pray, not if you pray. He said, when you pray. So he expects me to pray. So I want to change that in my life. And as I change, as I begin to change my mind, then my steps, my actions begin to change. And that's true repentance. Repentance isn't, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm a loser, I never pray, oh God, forgive me. And do it for a day or two and then go back to the same old, same old. <laughs> are you with me out there? Or are we okay? So repentance starts here. 
but it's carried out here. You turn. You turn from that. They turn, they turn to the Lord. And they sought Him. And then they found Him. And then He moved. You see that? It's right there in the Scriptures. We're just Bible. We're just reading the Bible today. Amen. Attitude speaks of a mindset. Some of us have a bad attitude, right? You can have a bad attitude. You, you can be like me and have a negative attitude. Nothing, nothing good's going to come of this. All last night I was thinking nobody's going to show up for my sermon today. <laughs> That's a bad attitude. They're going to sleep through the clock. I'm not important. No. That's an attitude problem. Well, we have a prayerless attitude. And that prayerless attitude is sometimes we're just disappointed that God didn't answer the way we thought he was going to. We don't, you know, why pray? Didn't turn up. Didn't happen. Have you ever thought like that? I'm not the only one, right? Sometimes we can get kind of crusty and hard in our spirit. And it's, the prayerlessness has a, has a lot to do with our attitude. And what's going on? We get kind of hard and impenetrable and, and cold and indifferent. And we just don't, we don't go there. Because, well, either it didn't work or... You know, whatever, you know, whatever the case is. And in times like that, we, we need to turn to Hosea chapter 10, verse 12. And this is what God said through the prophet Hosea. He said, sow for yourselves righteousness, reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. So God said to the nation of Israel, through the prophet, you're hard. And nothing can get in. And if you want me to get in, and if you want seasons of refreshing, and you want to see a transformation, you got to break up your fallow ground. I'm not going to do it for you. You have to open up and just begin to plow and to turn over the soil of your soul and open yourself in humility as one of the words that was spoken, that this is a time where God's calling us to be humble, to receive the correction of the Lord, and to be effective in prayer and get on your face before God and say, God, I'm hard, I'm indifferent, I'm calloused. And I want to seek your face. I want to be a man of prayer. I want to be a mom of prayer. I want to be a, God, a person of prayer. I want to pray. I don't want to just believe in prayer. I don't want to just talk about prayer. I don't want to praise prayer. I want to do it. I want to pray. It starts with repentance. Getting serious. And you know, it probably wouldn't hurt. And I know you don't have to. I know you can sit on your couch and drink your latte and pray to the Lord. I do it a lot. But it probably wouldn't hurt to fall down on your knees. I mean like, or get flat on your face. And just say, God, I need your presence. 
I need your presence. I'm not trying to be legalistic. I'm not trying to burden you. And I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping we feel encouraged today to press into his presence. But it requires repenting. God says, go back to that verse if you would, Pamela. The Lord said, if you break up your fallow ground, break it up because it's time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. You know, you know what happened in Asbury and in Lee College and different pockets of places? Let me tell you something. God, by his grace, by grace, he's poured himself out. But make no mistake, there had been praying going on. Somebody somewhere was saying, God, move here. We do it every Sunday over here together as a little group. We're praying, God, come. God, show up. And God, in his mercy, will, he will show up. But here's what happened was, they went there when he did. You hear me? They went there when he did. He said, break up your fallow ground. And somebody had to, listen, whenever God moves, it's dynamic, but it's also disruptive. It'll shake up your calendar. It'll shake up your time. And people are starting to show up to this and not leave. It's disruptive. It, when, God, when God begins to move, it's dynamic, it's fun. Everybody loves the dynamic part, but it will also disrupt you. But what happened was they broke up. As, they, as God was poured out, they pressed in, and they were breaking up that fallow ground. And as, as they were seeking God, the rain of God's grace, the rains of righteousness were penetrating the heart and bringing more excitement and more uh, power and more grace. And people were being drawn because the fallow ground was being broken up. Hallelujah. It's not just, oh, God did it over there, and maybe he'll do it over here, and it just, they just get to have all the blessings. No, there's, there was, yes, God was poured out. Somebody somewhere was praying. God was poured out, but they had to be willing to break it up and say, God, you move here. And he is. Amen. Amen. Woo. So we need to repent of our prayerless attitude. Then we need to resist. If we're going to seek God, we've got to resist all prayer hindrances. All hindrances to prayer. Look at verses 12 and 13. Then they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart and with all their soul. And whoever would not seek the Lord God of Israel was to be put to death whether small or great, whether man or woman. I'm just really glad today that I'm under, the, I'm under a new covenant. <laughs> Can I get a good amen out there? <laughs> but I do want you to see something about that. I, that's, a, that's a hard, you know, it's like, wow. That's hard to wrap your brain around. But I would, I would want to say this about that. I really believe that prayer is a life or death issue. Not in the physical sense, but in the spiritual sense. We're talking about a life and death issue. Where we pray, life happens. 
where we don't pray. Watch. Death happens. Paul said in Romans chapter 1, people exchanged the truth for a lie. God gave them over. Death happened. Romans chapter 1 in the New Testament. So when you see that verse, it's a life or death issue. Seeking God is a life or death issue. And we need to know that. And we don't want to let anything hinder our prayer life. And there are a lot of hindrances, but let me just name a few. There's the hindrance of a lack of self-discipline. You have to discipline yourself. God's not going to do it for you. <laughs> Amen. You need to shut the door. Jesus said, go into your closet. And then he said, close the door behind you. That's you. That's all you. That isn't me. That isn't your husband or your wife. That isn't your children. That's you. Now, the only people that are, have any, are close to an excuse are people, people with babies. But even then, just hand them off to the other one. You deal with them. They are yours for the next whatever. Amen. <laughs> Jesus said to his own disciples, could you not tarry one hour? Like, do you see what I'm going through here? And you couldn't discipline yourself? He said, you need to wake up and pray. Your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. And what's coming? You're not ready for. And listen, if I don't discipline myself and be a man of prayer, I'm not going to be ready for what the world throws at me or what the enemy throws at me later that day. Amen. Here's another hindrance to prayer. It's a heart full of doubt. It's a discipline issue. It's a doubt problem. True prayer requires faith. If we don't believe, why would we pray? Ah, that's one of the reasons why we don't pray. Maybe because we don't believe. It's a hindrance. Amen. Disobedience. Disobedience is another hindrance. Listen, I, I cannot pray confidently if I'm living a compromised life in other areas. I'm not going to be able to pray confidently. The psalmist said in Psalm 66, verse 18, if I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have heard me. Or if I regard iniquity, which means if I did not confess the sin in my heart, the Lord would not hear me. And so... I'm thankful that I can approach God boldly even when I fall flat on my face. Praise God, right? But if I'm not dealing with some issue in my heart, that's going to hinder my prayer life. Peter said, this is in the New Testament too, husbands, do not mistreat your wives. And if you do, the Lord is not going to listen to your prayers. I've had a lot of unanswered prayers. I don't know why. Because I've mistreated my wife. But you know, and I, that, and I take that, I accept that as a husband to my wife, Julie. 
that I can't be in this relationship powerfully and effectually if this one is torn asunder, right? Well, I believe that that principle holds true in all respects. How can I have this going on when I'm, when I'm offending and doing and behaving in ways that are wrong all around me? Amen. It's a hindrance. Another reason why we, another hindrance is discouragement. Discouragement hinders our prayers. It's just when you're so overcome by the pressures of life and the worries and the anxieties of life that you, rather than running to God, you, you try to solve it in every other way. Amen. Listen. God should always be our first resort, not our second, our third, our fourth, our fifth. We go to him first, amen, at all times. And then we're just talking about how to restart our prayer life. Repent of our prayerless attitude, resist all prayer hindrances, and then the final one is this, resolve to be a person of prayer. I love this in verses 14 and 15. It says, Then they took an oath before the Lord, and all Judah rejoiced at the oath, for they had sworn with all their heart and sought him with all their soul, and he was found by them, and the Lord gave them rest all around. That word oath in the original language, the word there that is used, it means to be complete, or it means to seven one's self as if to make a declaration seven times. So the word oath means something like this. We will seek the Lord. 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 That's what that word oath means. They made a resolve, a declaration. They communicated. They declared it over them. And they, and they were complete in their devotion to be people that were going to seek the Lord in prayer. Paul said in Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Continue earnestly in prayer. means devote yourself to prayer. Resolve yourself to pray. Can we read that all aloud and together? Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. That's all of us. Amen. That's not just for preachers. That's for all of us. One of the ways that I want to encourage us, Julie, if you would come right now. I felt, I, this, this uh, focus took me by surprise. I, I wasn't thinking this way. I thought I was going to be going in a different direction. But I felt so, um, I, felt, I felt God really direct me in this way that I, and then I thought, and I remembered there was a book by Bob Sorge who's coming, and the title of the book is Reset, and it's 20 Ways to a Consistent Prayer Life. And so what I did the other day is I went out and I had shipped overnight here 200 of these books, because I didn't know. Then I forgot that there was a time change and nobody was going to show up to church. But you did, you showed up. And I went out and got this book. Now this book is... Basically, each of the, it's a 20-day journey, basically, to reviving your personal time with God. 
And if you were to go on Amazon, I'm, now I'm pitching, I'm a car salesman right now. If you were to go on Amazon and buy this book, it costs you $11. But we have it for the low, low price of seven. Seven dollars here today, and, and, and it'll be all completely paid for. And the church isn't, you know, if, and if you can't buy this book, if you can't buy it, I'll buy one for you, me, personally. Because I really believe that God is wanting to revive the spirit of prayer in the church today here at Abundant Life Fellowship. And I want to encourage you to consider not leaving here today. In fact, you can go through these doors. The only place you can buy this book today is through those doors. Michonne will be out there at a table. If you have $7 or if you have a check or if you don't have either and you want one, there's going to be a QR code. Is that what they call that? There's a QR code. You can, you know, fire a picture at that and you can pay online. Or, uh, like I said, I'll take care of it myself. But I, I want to encourage you, if you need a reboot and a reset in your prayer life, what if we all together, and I'm going to be going through this book myself, starting tomorrow for the next 20 days. And you know what? And I didn't even plan this. This will end the day before Bob Sorge gets here on, on April 2nd. So we're, we'll be all fired up and ready to go with more Bob Sorge. But that wasn't even planned. That just, that, that's just the way it happened to happen. But I, I want to encourage us to kind of make this our altar call. Now, you don't have to buy this book. and Maybe you don't, you're not at a place in your life where you need it. But I'm just trying to put something in your hand, in my hand, because I'm going to be doing this too, starting tomorrow. I'm going to be walking through this book. In each chapter, there's 20 of them. It's like a page and a half. And it gives you a focus of thought something to inspire you to a deeper life of prayer, communion, and communication with God. And then you can just read that. And his, his whole thesis of this book, 20 days, 20 minutes, might change your life, might change your marriage, might change your children, might change this church and this city. What if all of God's people got serious about their faith fell on their face, got into the fight, what would happen right here? What would happen around us? Amen. Can we all stand together? Let's, let's be people of prayer. Next week, God willing, I want to I get even more practical. I want to talk about the prayer habit, and how to pray. Because sometimes people hearing a message like this, they say, I hear what you're saying, I just don't know how to do it. And I understand that. Sometimes, I've been doing this a long time, sometimes like, God, I don't even know what I'm doing here. you got to help me. The other day I was praying to the Lord and I said, Holy Spirit, please help me. I don't even know what to say right now. I don't even know how to pray. This is true of all of us. So I want to get practical. I want to help us to grow in our prayer life. And I need that for myself, and maybe you do too. So when you leave, if you want to get this, it's through those doors right back there. Can I have the prayer intercessors come, whoever is here to uh, pray for people? If you're here today and you need prayer for anything in your life, physical touch, healing, some special need in your life, Maybe you want to give your heart to Jesus. Maybe you want to be baptized with the Holy Spirit and receive a, 
the infilling of the Holy Spirit, come and receive prayer today. Let me pray. You can be dismissed. If you want, to, if you want prayer, just become, come now and you can come to any one of us up here. We'll pray for you. Father, we want to thank you for your presence here today. We love you so much. God, I pray that you would bless your people. I pray, God, tomorrow, sometime tomorrow, whether it's in the morning or at noon or in the evening, God, that you would inspire and draw every heart and every life to a special time of communion with you, even if they already do it, even if they're already committed and faithful, God. I pray, Lord, that you would draw them, that they would sense your presence, bringing them into a deeper place with you. God, we, we want, we want a, a revival and a renewal and a resetting of prayer in all of our hearts. Do it, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody says amen. God bless you. You are dismissed. Come for prayer if you need it.